Hi, this is Sam. And this is Anuel. And this is Murderous Intention. Hey guys, welcome back to some more March Madness. Bum, bum, bum. Okay, so we went with Nilsen for first week. Yes. Gruesome, Mother Trucker. Yes. We went with Catherine Knight last week. Mm-hmm. Crazy mm-hmm. ass, manipulating, I want it my way, Australian nutty buddy. Mm-hmm. And now, who is on our menu for today? Well, it is March Madness, right? Yes. Okay. So we're doing everything that's not U.S. U.S. Right? It's all international. Um, <clears throat> so we are doing Jack the Ripper. Like, are you saying like the famous Jack the Ripper? Like the famous Jack the Ripper, the not unsolved the, Jack the Ripper. The unidentified Jack the Ripper. Ah, correct. What um, nightmares are made of? <laughs> correct. But um, I have a question for you. Sure. Do you think that there is such a thing as a perfect murder? Or a person that commits murders, plural, and can actually get away with it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. As long as you know how to do it, yeah. Okay. Like, look at the Black Dahlia, for instance. Still to this day, no one knows who did it. We have, you know, suspects who probably, possibly could have done it. Right. But they're all dead by now. So, yeah, whoever did it committed the perfect murder because they lived, they lived their life without prosecution to that. So, my opinion is, yeah, there is a possibility to create the perfect murder or create the perfect murders and still be able to get away with it. Okay. You just got to have intelligence. Not saying people are stupid who well, get I mean, caught. Yeah. Um... But whoever doesn't get caught and able to live their life for some time, they, they're they very particular. They're very critique. They know not to slip up just because they get away with. So then my follow-up question is, do you think you can, do you think a perfect murder or murders can be committed in this day and age with all the technology that we have? Now that's a whole different ballgame. Right. Okay. Okay. Um... It depends. Being honest, it really depends because of location. Right. Location, location, location. And the per- you can't be affiliated to the person. You can't be seen with that person. And that's the crazy part is that a lot of places nowadays have CCTVs where they can capture stuff. So you gotta you gotta make it where it's it's Unknown. Kind of like, remember one of our, our earlier cases from last season? Um, there were so many. I know. <laughs> you gotta be so um, He committed the murder in Alaska. Oh my God, I forgot his name. Um, and it was, it was me who did it, the podcast on him. Oh my God, I must hit myself. Yes, guys, I'm actually going back just to go and <laughs> see what his... Oh, Israel. Israel Keys. Oh, Keith, yes. He did a couple of murders. 
<laughs> where no one knew it was him until his last murder where he got busted and he confessed to everything. Right. You're true. So, technically, yes. If you know how to do it correctly, yes. You can get away with it. Okay. This is also the, the, the biggest problem nowadays, I think. Um, and I don't want to get into it because we could do a whole podcast on just this part alone. We uh, should one day. Just do like a, a debate on this. The problem is that not everybody has a camera on them, a.k.a. your phone. Uh-huh. That if you just hear something, you run to that area. And, you know, and, and people nowadays, like in, in my block where I live in, a, in that area, you could see all the cameras pointed out to the street. Uh-huh. You know, like protection of the house and I understand all that but try to commit a like I hate and run you can't you're gonna get caught instantly you know yeah it's not even not as um forget about CCTV that's a whole different thing just their little cameras um ring doorbell and all that other stuff that's around true you know you'll get caught before you leave the the the, the neighborhood you know so but anyway well, so I said, you got to cover up good and you got to do it smart. You can't do it in a public place, you no, know, which yeah. which is why, being honest, and it's a scary thought because I like to hike in the summertime because it's fun and it gets my kids active again and mm-hmm. and gets one with nature. Yeah. But sad to say, the best place to take a victim is in an isolated area like that secluded. where there's no, yeah, secluded, mm-hmm. where there's no... There's no cameras available. You, no. he, how are you going to be able to track a camera when you're in the middle of the forest? Right. You know? So, yeah. Unless the aliens are looking down at us, if you believe in that. Listen, don't <laughs> probe me. Don't probe me. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so um, I think we should just get right into it. Yes. That was a good five minutes of yeah. conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I think my eyes are watering. That's why you made me cry. I don't think so. Um, oh, by the way, for anyone that hasn't realized we're in the same room this time, we're not. Yeah, we're, not. we're finally back together. Yeah. Woo! Yeah, so that... Winter sucked. Yeah, bad. <laughs> anyway, um, quick background on the area, not so much on him, because, of course, nobody knows who Jack the Ripper is. Um, has never been identified as of yet. Um, so, in the mid-19th century, Britain experienced an influx of Irish immigrants who swelled the population of, ma- of the major cities, including the East End of London from 1882, Jewish referees fleeing um, programs in Russia mm-hmm. and other areas of Eastern Europe um, immigrated into the same area. The parish of Whitechapel in London's East End became increasingly overcrowded with the population increasing to approximately 80,000 inhabitants by 1888. Working, ho- um, working housing conditions worsened and a significant economic underclass developed. Um, 55% of the children born in the East End died before they were five years old. Um, robbery, violence, and alcohol dependency were um, commonplace, and the mm-hmm. end- endemic property drove many women to prostitution to survive on a daily basis. In October 1888, London's Metropolitan Police Service estimated that there were 62 brothels and 1,200 women working as prostitutes in Whitechapel, with approximately 8,500 people residing 
in the 233 common lodging houses within Whitechapel um, every night. With a nightly price for a single bed being four pence and the cost of sleeping upon a lean-to or hangover, rope stretch across the dormitory being two pence per person. Wait, what are pence? I guess that's um, English um, money, which I don't know what. So hold on, I want to see, what is two pence? Pence to U.S. dollars, okay. Yeah. That, okay, so two pence would be basically 2.5 cents. And that's probably, you're looking at probably today's. Yeah, four pence is five cents. Yeah. 50 pence is $62 and five cents. $62 or 50 pence? I mean, uh, no, 62.5 cents. Okay, now I'm like, wow. <laughs> That's an increase. Um, so, yeah, I mean, basically they're pennies. Yeah. Okay. Um, so anyway, Wait, back then you could pay with pennies? Uh, apparently. We, we talked about 1888, though. Oh, yeah, sure. That's a century ago. Yeah. That I mean, was, that's centuries ago. Pence was probably <laughs> worth a dollar now. You know, like... Because everything was so bad. Mm. You know. Anyway. The economic problems in Whitechapel were accompanied by a steady rise in social tensions. Between 1886 and 1889, frequent demonstrations led to police uh, intervention in public unrest, such as Bloody Sunday, 1887. Anti-Semitism, crime, nativism, racism, social disturbance, and severe depression. Separation influenced public perception that Whitechapel was a not- was a notorious den of immortality. <clears throat> Such perceptions were strengthened in the autumn of eighteen eighty eight, when the series of viciousness of uh, yeah <coughs> and grotesque murders attributed to Jack the Ripper received unprecedented coverage in the media. <clears throat> okay. So, so going right into the murders, a large number of attacks against women in the East End. During this time, adds uncertainty to how many victims were murdered by the same individual. Eleven separate murders, stretching from the 3rd of April, 1888, to the 13th of February, 1891, excuse me, were included in a London Metropolitan Police Service investigation and were known collectively in the police docket as the Whitechapel murders. Opinions vary as, the, as to whether these murders should be linked to the same culprit. But five of the 11 Whitechapel murders known as the Conical Five, and I'm probably saying that wrong, are widely believed to be the work of the Ripper. Most experts point to deep slash wounds to the throat, followed by extensive abdominal and genital area mutilation, the removal of the internal organs, and... Progressive facial mutilations as the distinctive features of the Ripper's modus operandi. <clears throat> Excuse me. The first two um, cases in the Whitechapel murders files, those of Emma Elizabeth Smith and Martha Trabram, are not included in the Conical Five. So I guess it was so bad that they didn't even know who to attribute the murders to. That's got to suck. So wait, then that could have been where there was been. There would have been multiple of killers. Which is the big problem. Um, not the big problem. The big debate whether was it one person? Was it 
was it actually a man? Was it could have been a woman? Could it have been multiple people? Well, I know there was this one crazy, and you know you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if anybody could correct us right now. Um, but they were saying that um, the Illuminati of that era, they were the contributors to to the Jack the Ripper scenario. Like, each one had a thing. Because there were medical guys there. Yeah. So. Could be. I don't know. Yo, the Illuminati be touching everything. <laughs> everything. Everything. <laughs> they just be popping up. Um, <clears throat> so, Smith was robbed and sexually assaulted in Osborne Street, Whitechapel, at approximately 1.30 a.m. on the 3rd of April, 1888. She had been bludgeoned about about the face and received a cut to her ear. A blunt object was also inserted into her vagina, Ow. rupturing her peritoneum. Peritoneum. That one. Yeah, that. Whatever that is. Okay, hold on. But, you know, I gotta do it. I gotta do it. <laughs> I forgot what it means. I gotta find it out. Okay, hold on. So that is the serious membrane forming the lining of the abdominal cavity. Ooh, okay. Oh, he put it all the way up that. Ah, up that ow. Yes. Look, hold on. I'm going to show you. Do I really want to look? Yeah, you need to look. Right oh, on. yeah. That, okay, I got it. Oh. Yeah, that's disgusting. Yeah. I need to know. Oh. Oh. She developed uh, peritonosis and died the following day at London Hospital. Wait, she survived that thing and then she died the day? Oh. Yeah. Oh. Um, Smith stated that she had been attacked by two or three men, one of whom she described as a teenager. This attack was linked to the later murders by the press, but most authors attribute Smith's murder, uh, murder to General East and gang violence unrelated to the Ripper's case. Um, Tabram was murdered on a staircase landing in, in Georgia Yard, Whitechapel, on the 7th of August, 1888. She has suffered 39 stab wounds to her throat, lungs, heart, liver, spleen, stomach, and abdomen, with additional knife wounds inflicted to her breast and vagina. All but one of the Tabram's wounds had been inflicted with a bladed instrument such as a penknife, and with one possible exception, all the wounds had been inflicted by a right-handed individual. Tabram had not been raped. The savagery of this murder, the lack of, of an obvious motive, and the closeness of the location and date to the later Canical Ripper murders led police to link this murder to those later committed by Jack <coughs> Ripper. However, the motive differs from the later Canical murders because although Tabram had been repeatedly stabbed. She had not suffered any slash wounds to her throat or abdomen. So just to let you know, the pen knives kind of look like an envelope opener. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the coolest knives they, made, they ever made. Well, it's, it's very concealing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. God, they made a medieval one too. Sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. I'm going down to Warhol. 
yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I um, I'm a I'm a knife enthusiast, and I love I love the pen knife. I think it's one of the best things in my. Anyway, apparently it does a lot of damage. Yeah, because it's as thin yeah. as a knife, so you can. Have you had? So could it be like related to um, what's that that knife that the doctors use when they're in surgery? Scalpel. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think the scalpel is more sharper though. For obvious reasons. Yeah. You know, because they actually... That thing cuts your skin like butter. Yeah. Um, many experts do not connect Tybram's murder with the later murders because of this difference in the wound pattern. Okay. So they're, they're eliminating those two, Elizabeth and... Tybram. Because their their murders are different? And they weren't... Um, I think the biggest thing was that they weren't slashed in the throat and... Um, abdomen area. Well, what if they were the first, the first um, killings, and then he, he realized it was too messy. Which is quite possible. Which, how can I say, the way one starts and the way one, yeah, you know, like you you gain a pattern as you go. Yeah, because if you look at it, Elizabeth was like, that was off the chain. Like yeah. you just you ruptured her from coochie. To stomach part, right. you know, like you did a lot of damage, but it was sloppy, and she lived, you know, to the that. next day. Yeah. So you want to eliminate her quicker. Then with the next one, um, I don't want to butcher her name, so I'm gonna have you say her name. Tabo. Um, you go and you do it a little more simpler, but where it's still gory. Right. You know. But it's still where it's like, it's still too much of a mess. Maybe he was also making a mess of himself. Most likely. I mean, with all, especially when you're putting anything up someone's vagina and hits their, that blood got to be gushing out like water. Mm-hmm. And know. then the aspiration with blood. Right. So, yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> the Conical Five Ripper victims are Marianne Nichols, mm-hmm. Annie Chapman, Elizabeth Stride. Catherine Adals and Mary Jane Kelly. The, uh, the body of Mary Jane Nichols was discovered at about 3.40 a.m. on Friday the 31st of August, 1888 in Bucks Row. So, with Tabrams, that was in August too, 1888. These are all like close together in time. Wait, hold on. Rewind? Um, yeah, so Tabrams was the 7th of August, 1888. Mm-hmm. This first one was Friday the 31st of August, 1888. So he had t- enough time to perfect his... Craft, and I, I, if you want to call it I, Yeah, <laughs> I'll say craft. Yeah. Um, of how he wants to execute this, where it's not that messy... But he still gets his thrill. Right. And the person dies instantaneously where it's not that they can survive and snitch him out. Right. Dude. So anyway, um, Marianne... Oh, God, for now science. Right, I know. Marianne Nichols was discovered at about 3.40 a.m. on Friday, the 31st of August, 1888, in Bucks Row, now Dogwood Street, Whitechapel. But she was a prostitute, right? I'm That's guessing. why she was out that late? Yeah, I'm, I'm yes. going to guess that. Nichols um, had last been seen alive approximately one hour before 
The Discovery of a Body by a Mrs. Emily Howland, uh, with whom she had previously shared a bed at a common lodging house in Thaw Street, um, Spitalfields, walking in the direction of Whitechapel Road. Her throat was severed by two deep cuts, one of which completely severed all the tissues down to the vertebrae. Her vagina had been stabbed twice, and the lower part of her abdomen had partially ripped open by a deep, jagged wound, causing her bowels to protrude. Several other incisions inflicted to both sides of her abdomen had also been caused by the same knife. Each of these wounds had been inflicted in a downward thrusting manner. Now, uh, people can't see this, but every time I, I mention a part, you're touching it. Like, what the, well, what? I didn't touch my no, private. No, not that. But I'm talking about the <laughs> chest. Afterwards, you could, like, you, you could literally, I don't know how to even describe it. Every time I mention a, a part besides the I'm a part, female. You, oh, I Jesus. feel this. I'm like, oh, dear Lord. I'm in tune with my body and knowing you ha- going. Hmm. Did, did he slice her neck first? At least say he sliced her neck first, so she's not feeling that. The neck, her throat was severe. Yeah, the throat was worse. Okay. And it completely severed all the way um, to the tissue down to the vertebrae. So, I'm not. I'm not guessing that she was alive much after that. No, he he he. Who? Shit, he went through the trachea and everything. Yeah. I mean, the esophagus and oh my dear lord. Who? Shall I continue? Yes. I wasn't sure if you want me to continue or not. Um, Gotta! It's for the people, man! <laughs> One week later, on Saturday, the 8th of September, 1888. So now mm-hmm. this is three back to back to back. Okay, so you're going to hit me like a home run? Yeah. Okay. The body of okay. Annie Chapel was discovered at approximately 6 a.m. near the steps to the doorway of the backyard of 20, 29 Hanbury Street. Spitalfields, Spitalfields, as in the case of Marianne Nichols, the throat was, um, was severed by two deep cuts. Her abdomen had been cut entirely open, with a section of the flesh from her stomach being placed upon her left shoulder, and another section of skin and flesh, plus her small intestines being removed and placed above her right shoulder. Chapman's autopsy also revealed that her uterus and sections of her bladder and Virginia have been removed. Wait, what? Yeah. Why are you looking at me like that? They can't. They don't understand what you're doing. <laughs> this is a podcast. This ain't YouTube. They I will know. see you. If they saw my face, they'd be like, "What is going on with your girlfriend?" <laughs> Listen, if you're out there, you got a vagina. You know what I'm thinking. You know what I'm feeling right now. Oh, my dear. Okay. <laughs> I got to laugh because you just looked at me like I'm crazy. Just okay, like, uh, let's go. Next one. At the, in- at the inquest into Chapel's murder, oh. Elizabeth Long described having seen Chapman standing outside 29 Hanbury Street at about 5.30 a.m. in the company of a dark-haired man wearing a brown deer stalker hat and a dark overcoat and of a, sh- of a shabby Gentile appearance. According to the eyewitness, the man had asked Chapman the question, Will you? To which Chapman had replied, Yes. <clears throat> Elizabeth Stride and Catherine 
adults were both killed in the early morning hours of Sunday, 30th of September, 1888. Stride's body was discovered at approximately 1 a.m. You said Capo Cape. Um, the, what, they, what he was wearing? Yeah. Um, a brown deer stalker hat and a dark overcoat. Oh, like back. Okay, so have you ever watched those British um shows? Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. His hat. Yeah. Yeah. Not not um not Winston's hat. No. Um, no, it was Winston's hat. Sherlock wore the the. You're correct. The one with the earpiece. Yeah. But Winston's hat. Winston's hat. Yeah. Okay. Um. You know, if there's millennials listen to this, they're gonna be like, "Who the fuck is who?" Who? Yeah. Who's that? Yeah. <laughs> Shy's body was discovered approximately 1 a.m. in Duffel's Yard of Burner Street, now Henneken Street, in Whitechapel. Excuse me. The cause of death was a single clear-cut incision missing six in- uh, excuse me, measuring six inches across her neck, which had severed her left carot- uh, carotid artery. Uh, Carotid. Carotid, sorry. Carotid artery. Artery. Oh, and her trachea before terminating beneath her right jaw. <laughs> the absence of reactions are so funny, I swear to God. I'm sorry, but you said that, and then I started remembering where all, and then you said trachea, and I'm like, oh my God, my poor neck. Oh dear gosh. Apparently, she's feeling all these like it's happening to her, so. Sorry. No, I'm not feeling it. It's just that I know where these are at. And then, you know, you're just like kind of like put yourself in that of understanding what was the point. Okay. And, yo, this person's a sick little. Yep. The absence of any further manipulations to her body had led to uncertainty, uncertainty as to whether Stride's murder was committed by the Ripper or whether he was interrupted during the attack. Several witnesses later informed police that they had seen Stride in the company of a man in or close to Burner Street mm-hmm. on the evening of the 29th of September and in early and in the early hours of the 30th of September. But each gave diff, um, differing descriptions. Some said that her companion was fair, others dark. Some said that he was um, shabbily dressed, others well-dressed. Um, so, I guess that was part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, a doubt's body was found in a corner of Minor Square in the city of London, three quarters of an hour after the discovery of the body of Elizabeth Stride. Now he's progressing bad. Now he, it was a week, now it's three, three hours. Excuse me, an hour. Oh my God. I'm sorry, let me correct myself again. Three quarters of an hour, so 45 minutes. Oh, her throat was um, severed from ear to ear, and her abdomen ripped open by a long, deep, and jagged wound before her intestines had been placed over her right shoulder. With the sexual... what's with the with with the right shoulder? I don't know. I guess that's his moniker or whatever. Like that we're word. always putting everything on the on the right shoulder. Yeah. I pledge it. No. We're not in the U.S. What the fuck? Yeah. I don't know. With the section of intestine being completely detached and placed between her 
body and left arm. The left kidney and the major part of Adele's uterus had been removed. Her face had been disfigured with her nose severed, her cheek slashed, and cuts measuring a quarter of an inch and a half, oh, excuse me, a quarter of an inch and a half inch, respectively, vertically incised, incised through each of her eyelids. Jesus Christ. So I got a question. Mm-hmm. He took her body part. He took two body. Yeah. Two body parts of hers. Yeah. Could it be you know like maybe he was trying to do a transfusion? Well, different body parts on on one type of thing. Yeah, or like you know like say you're you're sick, you need a new kidney. Yeah. Here you go. Could be. Or he was trying to build the perfect person. Ain't nobody perfect though. To him. My dog is not even perfect and he's supposed mm. to be cute. Okay. <laughs> A triangular incision, the apex of which pointed towards Adele's eye, had also been carved upon each of her cheeks. And a section of the uricle and lobe of her right ear was later recovered. Is it that maybe? What like the little the little hang the little hangy yeah, thing? I'm guessing. We put our earrings. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we, it was later recovered from her clothing. The police surgeon, um, police surgeon, who conducted the postmortem upon Indal's body, stated in his opinion these mutilations would have taken at least five minutes to complete. So he was there a while. A local cigarette salesman named Joseph Laundy mm-hmm. had passed through the square with two friends shortly before the murder, and he described seeing a fair-haired man of shabby appearance with a woman who may have been endowed. Laundy's um, companions were unable to confirm his description. The murders were stride and new dolls ultimately became known as the double event. A section of a doll's bloody apron was found at the entrance to a tenement in Galston Street, Whitechapel, at 2.55 a.m. A chalk inscription upon the wall directly above the piece of apron read, The jewels are the men that will not be blamed for nothing. Whatever that means. I don't know. J-U-W-E-S. I don't know what that is. The Jews. As in uh, from Israel or Well, I know you had like some Jews um in um London. We're gonna find out. What does it mean? So the biography of it says an unidentified murderer who killed at least seven I guess that's his... He was giving himself a name. Ah, he was giving himself a name. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to read that again. The Jews are the men that will not be blamed for nothing. The the Gafrido became known as the Golston Street Gafrido. The message appears to imply that a Jew or Jews... Wait a minute. I'm sorry. 
I don't mean to cut you off, but as I, as I throw myself down the wormhole for this definition, mm-hmm. remember how earlier I said about Illuminati? I meant to say Mason, not Illuminati. No, Mason. Okay. Mason. Um, which basically are, I don't know, I don't want to say that. I don't want to say that. Yeah, part. don't say that. <laughs> but they say the jewels is actually the name by which the Masons designated the three assassins of Grandmaster Hiran Abif, a group of initiate, a group of initiates who would try to force. So either way, they're basically assassins by the by the Masons. Oh, this is getting good. So sorry, then, I didn't mean to hit you. No, it's okay. So that means that this. But anyway, I'm going to read it and then I'm going to say what I'm going to, what I'm thinking. Okay. The mis- the message appears to imply that a Jew or Jews in general were responsible for the series of murders, <laughs> but it is unclear whether the graffiti was written by the murderer on dropping the section of apron or it was merely incidental and had nothing to do with the kids. What you just read had nothing to do with the Jews, as in the Jews from Israel. I honestly think it was meant to throw them off. Papa, that sounds more like it. It was meant because anybody reading that, they're gonna take it. Okay, well, this person is an illiterate bastard who don't know how to spell Jews. Right. But they left their name in there to see if people are smart enough to figure it out. Yeah, that makes more sense. A lot more sense, actually. Ooh, ciao. So it continues to say that such graffiti was commonplace in Whitechapel. Police Commissioner Charles Warren feared that the graffiti might spark anti-Semitic riots and and ordered the writing washed away before dawn. Well, their interpretation of the writing, because apparently that's not correct. I mean, I could be totally wrong. Yeah, we could be wrong, but still, if you look at it, there is that whole... Thing of where, yes, I can see where you can say maybe it was an illiterate person who Mm. did it. But this, if that's the case, uh, you know what? I'm going to let you continue. Okay. The extensively mutilated and and disemboweled body of Mary Jane Kelly was discovered lying at the bed, excuse me, lying on the bed in the single room where she lived at 13 Miller Court or Thorsett Street. Spitzel Fields at 10.30 a.m. on Friday, the 9th of November, 1988. Her face had been hacked beyond all recognition with the slopes with her throat severed down to the spine and the abdomen almost emptied of its organs. Her uterus, kidneys, and one breast had been placed beneath her head and other viscera from her body placed beside her, t- her foot. About the bed and sections of her abdomen and thighs upon a bedside table, the heart was missing from the crime scene. Multiple ashes found within the fireplace at 13 Miller Court suggest that Kelly's murder, murderer had burned several constable items to illuminate the single room as he mutilated her body. A recent fire had been severe enough to melt the solder between a kettle and its uh, sprout. Um, 
which had fallen into the grate of the fireplace. So whatever he was burning, he was burning a lot of. So he tried to get light the room. <clears throat> Each of the Conical Five murders had been perpetrated at night, on or close to a weekend, either at the end of a month or a week or so after. The mutilations became increasingly severe as the series of murders proceeded, except for that, that of Stride, whose attacker may have been interrupted. Nichols was not missing any organs, Chapman's uterus and sections of her bladder and vagina were taken. Adals had her uterus and left kidney removed and her face mutilated, and Kelly's body was extensively eviscerated, with her face gashed in all directions and the tissues of her neck being severed to the bone. Although the heart was the sole body organ missing from the crime scene, historically the belief these five conical murders were committed by the same perpetrator is derived from the contemporary documents which linked them together to the ex um, exclusion of others. In 1894, Sir Melville McCanton, Assistant Chief Constable of the Metropolitan Police Service and Head of the Criminal Investigation Department, wrote a report that stated, The Whitechapel's murder had five victims and five victims only. Similarly, the Conical Five victims were linked together in a letter written by a police surgeon, Thomas Bond, to Robert Anderson, head of the London CID, on, 10th, on the 10th of November, 1888. Some researchers had posted that some of the murders were undoubtedly the work of a single killer, but an unknown, an unknown larger number of killers acting independently were responsible for the other crimes. Authors Stuart P. Evans and Donald Rombello argued that the Chronicle 5 is a ripper miss and that these three cases, Nichols, Chapman, and Dow, can be definitely linked to the same perpetrator. But the less certainty exists that to whether Stride and Kelly were also murdered by the same individual. Conversely, others, um, suppose, excuse me, others suppose that the six murders have been Tabram and Kelly were the work of a single killer. Dr. Piercy Clark, the assistant to the examining pathologist, George Baxter Phillips, linked only three of the murders and thought that the others were perpetrated by weak-minded individuals induced to emulate the crime. Emulate, excuse me, emulate the crime. Uh, McCanton did not join the police force until the year after the murders, and his memorandum contains serious factual errors about possible suspects. <coughs> Are you just trying to like top off on your Nelson one? No, I said that there was two cases I wanted to do. I'm I just know, doing my second case. I know, but still. And of course, if it adds more to the first one, then perfect. <laughs> okay, so the, the later Whitechapel murders, okay. as we continue on, Mary Jane Kelly is generally considered to be the Ripper's final victim, and it is assumed that the crimes ended because of the culprit's death, imprisonment, institutionalization. Yeah, that. <laughs> I think my throat is dry and I can't speak anymore. No, I'm just or kidding. immigration. Right. The Whitechapel's murders filed details on another four murders 
that occurred after the Carnival 5. Those are Rose Milet, Alice McKenzie, The Pitching Street Torso, and Francis Coles. The strangled body of 26-year-old Royce Milet was found in Clark's Yard, High Street, Pola, on the 20th of December, 1888. There was no sign of a struggle, and the police believed that she had either accidentally hanged herself with her collar while in a drunken stupor or committed suicide. However, faint markings left by a cord on one side of her neck suggested Malay had been strangled. At the inquest into Malay's uh, death, the jury returned the verdict of murder. Alice McKenzie was murdered shortly after midnight on the 17th of July, 1889, in Castle Alley, Whitechapel. She had suffered two stab wounds to her neck, and her left carotid artery had been severed. Severe minor bruises and cuts were found on her body, which also bore a seven-inch long superficial wound extending from her left breast to her navel. One of the examining pathologists, Thomas Bond, believed this to be a ripper murder, though his colleagues, George Baxter Phillips, who had examined the bodies of three previous victims, disagreed. Opinions among writers are also divided between those who suspect Mackenzie's murder, copied the modus operandi of Jack the Ripper to deflect um, suspicion from himself, and those were ascribed this um, and those who ascribed this murder to Jack the Ripper. Now the Pension Street torso was a decomposing headless and legless torso of an unidentified woman, aged between the between 30 and 40, discovered beneath the railway arch in Pension Street, Whitechapel. Mm -hmm. On the 10th of September, 1889, bruising about the victim's back, hip, and arm indicated that descendants had been extensively beaten shortly before her death. The victim's abdomen was also extensively mutilated, although her genitals had been, excuse me, had not been wounded. She appeared to have been killed approximately one day prior to the discovery of her torso, the disembedded sections of her body are believed to have been transported to the railway arch, hidden under an old chemise. At two, uh, no, okay. I, I can't even pronounce it either. Okay, at two fifteen a.m. on the thirteenth of February, eighteen ninety-one, P.C. Ernest Thompson discovered a twenty-five-year-old prostitute named Frances Cole lying beneath a railway arch, at Swallow Gardens, Whitechapel. Her throat had been deeply cut, but her body was not mutilated, leading some to believe Thompson had disturbed her assailant. Coles was still alive, although she died before the medical help could arrive. A 53-year-old stoker, James Thomas Sadler, had earlier been drinking with Coles, and the two are known to have, been argue to have argued approximately three hours before her death. Sadler was arrested by the police and charged with her murder. He was briefly thought to be the Ripper, but was later discharged from, from the court for lack of evidence on the 3rd of March, 1881. I, so, I'm not sure if yeah. they can accurately tell that it is the same person, even though the the wounds and what and mutilation and dismemberment of bodies are the same, but I, I kind of I'm I'm in the position right now and I haven't finished. Mm -hmm. 
<coughs> that is <coughs> that yeah it could have been one person all of them including the first two mm-hmm. and the police just didn't know enough about it you know like they they have enough um information access you know like what we currently have now that can tell from you know my DNA thing is what if what if you know um it was one person doing all these murders and first he realized he was too gruesome in the right. beginning yeah changed it up yeah then changed it up to make it more cleaner but still enough gruesome to make your you want to you know regurgitate what you ate yeah um but then after those five he got just bored so he would just kill because he had that urge to kill mm-hmm. but not really that urge to do as much as what he used to do yeah i mean that that's that's definitely a a very good possibility i just of course we're talking about 1888 police the information that they had, people wanting to work with police, you know, and give them information, especially when you're basically talking about prostitutes. Prostitu- other prostitutes are not going to talk to yeah. you about what that prostitute was doing. Common you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, and then the lack of what we know as DNA and mm-hmm. forensic science and all that really didn't come into place. So. Okay, so other alleged victims. In addition to the 11 Whitechapel murders, commenters have linked other attacks to the Ripper. In the case of Ferry Fay, it is unclear whether this attack was real or fabricated as part of Ripper's lore. Ferry Fay was a nickname given to an unidentified woman whose body was allegedly found in a doorway close to Commercial Road on the 26th of December, 1887. At the had been thrust through her abdomen but there was no recorded murders in Whitechapel or uh, excuse me recorded murders in Whitechapel at or around Christmas 1887. Fairy Fay seems to have been created through a confused press report of the murder of Emma Elizabeth Smith who had a stick or other black object shoved into her vagina. Most authors agreed that the victim Fairy Fay never existed. A 38-year-old widow named Annie Millwood was admitted to the Whitechapel Workhouse Infirmary with numerous stab wounds to her legs and lower torso on the 25th of February, 1888. Informing staff she had been attacked with a clasp knife by an unknown man. She was later discharged but died from apparently natural causes on the 31st of March. Huh? She said that she was attacked with a class knife by an unknown man. She was later discharged but died from apparently, apparently natural causes. No, she died from um from her wounds. Like the heck? How she died from her wounds. Like, she died from her wounds. And they just don't want to admit it. They fucked up. Millwood was later postulated to be the Ripper's first victim. Although this attack cannot be definitely linked to the perpetrator. <clears throat> Another suspect pre carnical victim was a young dressmaker named Ada Wilson, who reportedly survived being stabbed twice in the neck with a clasp knife. Again, the clasp knife 
upon the doorstep of her home in Bao on the 28th of March, 1888. A further possible victim, the 40-year-old Annie Farmer, resided at the same lodging house as Martha Chabram and reported an attack on the 21st of November, 1888. She had received a superficial cut to her throat, although an unknown man with, bl with blood on his mouth and hands had run out of the lodging house, shouting, Look at what she has done before two eyewitnesses heard Farmer scream. Her wound was light and possibly self-inflicted. The White Hole Mystery was a term coined for the discovery of a headless torso of a woman on the 2nd of October, 1888, in the basement of a new Metropolitan Police headquarters being built in Whitehall. An arm and shoulder belonging to the body was previously discovered floating in the river, Thames near Pimlico on 11th of September, and the left leg and um, the left leg was subse uh, subsequently discovered buried near where the torso um, I'm sorry, I kind I of lost, distracted. I lost my place. Hold on. I'm sorry. So, a just for those who want to know, because I had to look it up. A class knife is basically, it's like a, um, kind of mm -hmm. reminds me of like the, the barber's knives. Yeah. Like that. What, like a Sweeney Todd moment. Yeah. What do you shape, what do you shape, um, men with? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you want to get that nice shave. Yeah. Um, so... Discovered very near where the torso was found on 17th of October. The other limbs and head were never recovered, and the body was never identified. The mutilations were, were similar to those in the Pinchin Street torso case, where the legs and head were severed, but not the arms. Both the Whitehall Mystery and the Pinchin Street case may have been part of a series of murders known as the Thames Mysteries, committed by a single serial killer dubbed the Torso Killer. It is debatable whether Jack the Ripper and the Torso Killer were the same person or separate serial killers active in the same area. Which is usually, like, I, that really doesn't happen much. I mean, mm, 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 mm. I'm, I'm, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm, I'm not. Remember we had the green, um, um, the green, was it the green? No, it wasn't the green river color. It was the Golden State Killer. Golden State Killer, yes. And they had it mixed up with the Night Stalker. Yes. Okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the motor the modus operandi of the torso killer differed from the from that of the Ripper. Okay. And police at the time dis discounted any connection between the two. Only one of the four victims linked to the torso killer was identified, Elizabeth Jackson. She was a 24-year-old prostitute from Chelsea whose various body parts were collected from the River Thames over a three-week period between the 31st of May and June and the 25th of June, 1889. On the 29th of December, 1888, the body of a 7-year-old boy named John Gill was found in a stable block in Manningham, Bradford. Mm -hmm. Jill had been missing... Since the 27th of December, his legs have been severed, his abdomen open, his intestines partially drawn out, and his heart and one ear removed. Similarities with the Ripper murders led to the press speculation that the Ripper had killed him. 
the boy's employer, 23-year-old milkman William Barrett, was twice arrested for the murder but was released due to insufficient evidence. No one was ever prosecuted. Now, the weirdest thing about that whole paragraph that I just read, mm-hmm. the boy's employer. He was seven years old. Back in the day, that's... I know, I'm just saying. Like, they had to make money. Did anybody that, you know, younger than us were like, seven-year-old, he was working, what? Yeah. Back in that time, you had no chance of being, you know, just having a good life if you were poor. You had to work. I like my kids that are outside running around. Why, is that what they're doing? Yeah, I just let them ride in their bikes. So, um, I'm going to go, I'm just going to go to the conclusion mm-hmm. and ask you, do you think one person did all these? Mm-mm. I don't think so either. I think it was like, like that sign said, the Jews, it was three guys that are targeted to kill. But the thing is, if you look at it, they only killed, technically, majority of it was prostitutes. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're a rich guy and a mason, you're going to want your town to be clean, like, you know, to look good, presentable. And you want to get rid of the rodents, as what they would call. I'm air quoting, and you guys can't see it, and I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. But um, they're going to want to go in as, like, you know how rich people talk. And I'm not saying every rich people talk like this, but those really like snobby, cruel ones, they'll call like somebody who's lower class a rodent or, you know, something derogatory. And so they would, if you, if you see, like a lot of them would want to clean up their neighborhood, no. you know, and what if this was the case? I mean, that, that definitely, that sounds um, very very possible, especially knowing the little that I know about the Masons and what you were talking about is, yeah, I mean, also, because of what what was happening in that area at that time in East and London, and all these people basically flocking to London, jobs were... Out of bare men. Right, at, right. And so, women said, hey, the best way for me to feed my family, feed my children, mm-hmm. you know, and then, of course, there's people like, oh, we we don't do that here, type of... If that's not the them. way, that's not the way it's done in our neighborhood. Right. Yeah. The ladies are to be home right. with their children. Exactly, so, I mean, they have definitely. stereotypes. And I'm, I'm also surprised that somebody will put something on the wall and you totally mess it up as far as you thought that the Jews did it. So that you a lot of people must not think too much of the Jews back then either. Well a lot of being honest and I'm Jewish myself. Yeah. Um but a lot of people don't they don't like Jewish people and we're quick to be pinned for a lot of stupid shit. Mm-hmm. And half the time we're not even in, we're involved in it, you know? Right. Um, but the thing is, um, 
purposes. Apparently, we had some illiterate Baxters. I'm going to call them Baxters. It would mm. be um, police who could not read and didn't know what was going on in their own fucking town. Right. You know? So, I think what they did was just took it as, oh, the Jews mm-hmm. did it. Let's erase Let's erase that because um, we don't want the whole, you know, panic moment. Or, here's another scenario. The cops knew what they meant by Jews, but because they knew other people probably didn't know it, suggested, hey, let's erase that. We don't want issues with, you know, our Jewish people that will live here. Let's erase it, you know? Yeah. It could be one or I mean, and the way, I mean, like I, like I was spelling it out because Samantha was looking it up. J-U-W-E-S. I'm like, that's never been the spelling. I don't think in, even in Hebrew it's spelled that way. You know, like, why would it, you know. And of course now, like me and Samantha did today, we looked everything up. Yeah. Anything idea you can look at anything up. <coughs> no. You know. You either had to know or believe oh, whatever they know. yeah, whatever they told you, you know. Yep. Um, but yeah. <clears throat> it was it was as clear as the writing on the wall that nobody noticed. Yep. And I think they purposely put their name there to see how if the police, if the people were intelligent. Yeah. And because they felt, well, you know what? These people are not intelligent enough to realize what we're saying. Right. We're going to continue. And then eventually let's change it up. So that way no one knows who actually did it what. You know, and sad to say, this is, this has been like, what, centuries old time? Where it's like, OMG. Yeah. It's, and I mean... It's like I said. I, I I love the case. I think um, the fact that nobody was ever prosecuted is like how the heck does that happen? You know, like especially I am privileged in the fact that I live in the times that I live in. That mm-hmm. even people that try to get away with the perfect murder can't get away with it because they leave DNA, they leave something behind. Like there's always something that you never think of could be um, diagnosed or checked. Um, scientifically, and you get caught by that by a little thing. Yeah. You know, a fingerprint. Oh, I, I touched the doorknob when I left. I cleaned it, but you missed the spot that you touched the door on top and not the doorknob. You know, stuff like that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's... Did Jack the Ripper do some of these murders? Yes. Did he do them all? No. And you could kind of tell... Because I think the ones that Jack the Ripper did was the ones that they said where he cut the throat, he cut the abdomen, he started taking, somebody started taking body parts. And they were all the same type, jagged edge, knife, and all that, mm-hmm. so. Well, what if, what if this, and this is just a scenario in my head. What if the one who originally started everything, right? We're going to we'll say Jack the Ripper. Mm-hmm. And then by the time it was the other one, something happened medically to him yeah. where he didn't, because remember, I think it was like the what the last few Jack the Ripper murders. He was more of a jagged edge. Jagged edge, right? So he probably wasn't having like maybe something was going on with his his hand. Maybe he had carpatano yeah. at that time. They didn't know that it was carpatano, but maybe he was realizing, oh shoot, I'm it looks sloppy. My cut is not perfect anymore. Right. Um, and then he gave it to a predecessor, 
and said, here, you can continue. And that person does it differently, though, because it's two different people. Yeah. Not the same inspiration. Yeah, the mindset, the, the, the way they, you know, right-handed, left-handed, um, stronger on one, you know, if they use the same hand, if the guy had carpal tunnel, the predecessor has a stronger arm, you know, so mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Then we, if we talk about that, we also got to talk about with, when the jagged ass knife came into the picture, was it a copycat? And because he did the same things, except for the jagged edge uh, knife cuts, um, they attributed to Jack the Ripper, even though it was a copycat. That could be too. You know what I'm saying? Because all these famous, like if you, throughout history, all these famous serial killers had a copycat. Like somebody that cop, you know, that did it. They did it a little bit differently. Yeah, yeah but he, yeah, he cut the throat. He cut the abdomen. He cut, you know, he took out parts. The only difference is this: the last three had a jag, uh, jagged edge knife um, cut. So who knows? You know. And I guess this will be a discussion to the end of time because we will never know because. I'm going to guess. This person's already dead. Just saying. Uh, if you can live two centuries, <laughs> I, I want to know what you eat and what you drink and what you doing <laughs> to make yourself live for two centuries. Yeah. Not yeah. that I want to live for two centuries. No. Not in this environment now. No. Not at all. But yeah, I mean, all the, all the questions are valid. Give me some futuristic, like, jets in mode. At least, yeah, I mean... Listen, ooh, ooh, what if what if when we die, our kids are now in Jetson mode? They're talking about making um like places for on Mars and the and the moon. Yep. Well they I mean the 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 cartoon the Jetsons have been everybody has thought that that's the way we'd be living, we'd be flying cars instead of airplanes. Listen, I'll take a flying car. Sure. <laughs> it controls my road rage. Right. <laughs> she said that, not me. So, but yeah, um, definitely, I think um, anybody. Well, I'm, I'm not gonna say anybody that was there at the time because there is obviously nobody's has passed. But um, anybody that knows any more information about this case, please let or us know. Or has an opinion. Or definitely has an opinion. Or know that I said most of these places wrong, please correct me because I would love to, I like to get the right pronunciation to these places because I know my pronunciation um, is never 100% correct as much as I think it is. So, so if you guys want to go ahead and drop us an email and let us know what your intake is or want to have a new case on your mind, um, you can always email us at murderousintentions21 at gmail.com or you can tweet, wait, no, uh, you can Instagram us at murderous underscore intentions underscore podcast. Or, like she said, you can tweet us at MI True Cry Podcast. Da, da. <laughs> I was about to say Don Hom. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yesterday I was at work with like emoji moments. Well, I was I was sending my my coworkers gifs of um, Dunham stuff like peanut. Oh. <laughs> when my manager ever said me, I was like, "Here's an emoji." <laughs> I was being a clown. It was fun, which my my manager doesn't ever take me. It's just she left me in charge for a little bit, and it, it was like, why? 
Is that a bad decision? No, it wasn't. I, I learned what it is to be a manager. Oh, okay. It's like being a parent. Yeah. <laughs> As you can tell, only when we're together, we start joking and making this podcast longer than it needs to be. But there yeah. you go. You learned something. <laughs> well, it's been a while since we actually sat in the same room. Yeah. You know? I think what... Uh, FaceTime really made money out of us. For real. <laughs> um, definitely, what... I said, this whole third, uh, this whole second um, season, we this is the first time. Yeah. Yeah. The second season, this is the first time we've been and in the same room. Episode ten now, I think eight or nine or ten, something like that. Something like that. We'll check it when we when we, <laughs> when we go to add the numbers in the in anchor. Anyway, I think that is all for today. And then we could have, I could have, it could have been longer, but it's just investigation and what people think, and mm-hmm. you know, let's. I like to discuss the murders and. What we think, because you guys can give us an opinion later. All right, guys. So, we will see you next week with yes. another March Madness. <laughs> Sorry, I'm in, a, I'm in a weird mode. All right, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. See you next week.